Welcome, friends. It's good to be together. I'm going to do something a bit radical this morning. I mean, I do that often, but normally somebody is appointed to come and pray for the preacher before he preaches. So I'm going to be very vulnerable and ask my wife to come and pray for me. <laughs> she can get here. <laughs> Okay, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that became flesh and dwelt among us. We thank you that your word is alive and active and it pierces deep within us. And I just pray a blessing on Dave this morning. Holy Spirit, that you will be in everything he says, that he will hear your voice, that he will do your will, that he will speak the word and Lord, may your word be full of life for us. May it be full of challenge. May it be full of love. Lord, let your kingdom come here. And Lord, I just feel to pray for the guys in Melbourne too. Holy Spirit, that you will fall upon all the vineyard leaders and those who speak and teach today that they too may bring glory to your name and that the power of your spoken word will activate everything that you want those churches to do. Let your blessing fall among us, Lord, because we, you know, unless you build a house, Lord, we labour in vain and so we pray more of your presence through your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks. There is a, a, a significant time being had in Melbourne at the moment as the vineyard churches with uh, pastors and leaders are gathering. Uh, this movement that was released into Australia in 1995 was released as a signs and wonders movement. We were a people that were identified as those that were willing to be vulnerable, willing to step out and look foolish because we were going to live according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't always play by our rules. In fact, often he plays by rules that we can't even understand. And so for each one of us that belongs to this church, to this movement called Vineyard, we are invited into living vulnerably for Jesus. But the good news is that what goes with that is the equipping to be vulnerable. And it's interesting because as the Lord has a habit of waking me in the night, particularly if I'm down to speak, he woke me up the other night and said, David, I want you to speak of, and he doesn't often speak to me in Greek, but he said, the exousia and the dunamis, the authority and the power. And I was like, okay, Lord, that's good. I'll, I'll work on those two things. And then the next night he woke me up and he said, David, <clears throat> I want you to understand that you're fit for purpose. Oh, that's a strange thing to say in the middle of the night, that I'm fit for purpose. And, and in that I suddenly had recall of my grandfather who was a blacksmith. And... I used to go occasionally on a Saturday morning when I was early teens, I guess, to where my grandfather, who'd retired, would work and do bit work, piece work in a foundry 
to make things that blacksmiths make. He would make horseshoes. Uh, he would make uh, axles for trolleys that people used to use to wheel their laundry from their laundry out to hang on the clothesline. That's an old thing, but we used to do that. And he used to make the axles that went on those little laundry baskets, little laundry trolleys. And, and I was remembering all of this and I was remembering that, you know, there was the anvil that he'd put the metal on and he'd hold it with a set of tongs that were made for that purpose and he'd strike with his other hand. And he could take a, a piece of square steel and make a round end on it just with a hammer and, and his hand. Amazing skill. And I, I was watching this and I used to occasionally hold the tongs for him. And, uh, and I didn't necessarily always turn it at the right speed or whatever, but I was learning to watch how he did it. And he was, he was showing me that there were particular tools that he used for particular functions. So there were things that were fit for purpose. He was actually a wheelwright back in the days when, when there were wheels with spokes and they had to have a metal band around it and the, the blacksmiths had to expand the metal just enough to con contract when it cooled onto that wheel and not crush it because it was too tight. There were skills that are long gone, but they were fascinating. And I can remember that. And then he went his, in his later years before when he had obviously um, gotten past wielding the big sledgehammers and the big hammers, he was a toolsmith and he actually made tools in, in working in one of the big... Um, foundries uh, in Meribah, Walkers as it was called in those days. It was an engineering firm and he used to work in the tool maker's shed. And these were skills that came flooding back to me the other morning and I'm going, Lord, what are you, what are you showing me this for? And he said, David, I want you to talk about being fit for purpose. And so I thought, okay, I'll do that. And, uh, and then I, I went that morning to have my normal cup of coffee that I have in the morning with the lady that I work with most days and uh, I said you know I was woken up by the Lord to talk about fit for purpose and I was remembering a whole lot of things from my grandfather about when he was a blacksmith and how these things were put on the um, you know put on the anvil and she said are you serious I said yes she said well my devotion this morning was this and she sent it to me be about his business. Time on God's anvil should clarify our mission and define our purpose. Now, you can't make this stuff up. God speaks to me in the night about a blacksmith and an anvil. I share it with Wendy, who I work with, and she said, you're not going to believe what my devotions were this morning. It goes on. When a tool emerges from a blacksmith's anvil... There is no question as to what it is for. I want you to hear this. This is the Lord speaking to us, folks, because he doesn't wake somebody up in the middle of the night, have me remember my grandfather who was a blacksmith and his anvil, and then have somebody else bring me the next, very next day this sort of information. So please listen up. This is God speaking, not me. There is no question as to why it was made. One look at the tool and you instantly know its function. As a human emerges from the anvil of God, the same should be true. Being tested by God reminds us that our function and task is to be about his business. 
that our purpose is to be an extension of his nature, an ambassador of his throne room and a proclaimer of his message. We should exit the shop with no question as to why God made us. We know our purpose. We are God's people and we are to be about his business. If we live our lives in this way, then we can enter our final years with the assurance of knowing that life was well spent and that heaven is but a wink away. I'm not saying that appropriate for all of us, but, you know, as one gets older, it's closer. Is there any greater purpose than to honour the Lord? I just was, I'm still reeling at the, the way God puts these things together. The last thing I thought about is my grandfather being a blacksmith for the last, I don't know how many years, and suddenly he wakes me up, and then the very next day, there's that reading that was, it was in a Max Licardo book of, of devotions and it was read that day by that person. It wasn't in a particular listing for the day, but it was there and when I mentioned my grandfather and a blacksmith and an anvil, it all just went boom. So I said, Lord, what are you really saying? I mean, how dumb is that as a question because it's all very clear there. But it was like, Lord, what are, you, what are you really saying here? He said, David, I want you to talk about being fit for purpose. And the purpose is to be my disciples. And to be fit for purpose, we need both the authority and the power. We need, on God's terms, to be equipped to do God's work. It's so easy for us to get started in, our, in the Lord's direction and then take our own choices as we go on from there and manage our own future. God wants us today to reconnect with the reality of the Holy Spirit to walk each step in accord with his leading for our lives. Now that, you know, that's very not how we live because life is all coordinated and organised and we've got appointments and all that stuff, that's true. But there's a dimension in all of that where we can flow with what the Holy Spirit's saying. The other morning while at home, I'd gone, got home from the gym and I said to Carol, I'm not sure what I'm going to have for breakfast. Will I have cereal or will I have porridge? And I looked at it and I felt like the Lord said, have porridge today. So I said, I'm going to have porridge today. Carol said, how'd you make up your mind? I said, I asked God. She said, yeah, okay. I mean, that's what happened. And the more we do that, the more fun we have with God because we are recognising that he is wanting to be involved in all of the anvil moments, the times when we might make a choice, the times when we might be moving this way or that way. And so the Lord this morning, as we celebrate Pentecost and we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit onto the, the people of Jesus, we, we are being invited to allow God to refine us, to take us closer into him, that we can be more fit for purpose. And we'll go into that a little more detail now. So let me just, um, if you have your Bibles, I haven't got it up on the screen, but Acts 1, we read these words in, in the book of Acts. Uh, Acts 1 verses 1 to 5. In the first book, Theophilus, this is written by Dr. Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, 
After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus had previously said to his disciples in Matthew 28, uh, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age, even when you can't work out what you want for breakfast. That's an addendum. It's actually not in the scripture. But here we have Jesus issuing the authority to the disciples. But then he says, but now I want you to wait until the power comes on you for you to be go and become my ambassadors into the earth to take the message out. And so... Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover, was actually first celebrated in the desert when 50 days after exiting Egypt, they stopped and God helped them to get rid of Egypt out of themselves. They'd, they'd left Egypt, they were in the desert and he said, let's get together and have a, have a big get together and at this get together I want you to get rid of all the stuff that was part and parcel and important to your lives when you were in Egypt and so there's apart from waiting for the Holy Spirit to come which is what Jesus said it was a celebration for the people to say let's get rid of all the stuff that we don't need to take into the future let's get rid of all the old stuff and just rely upon what God is going to give us as we go on this journey together and I believe Pentecost often we we look at what comes with the spirit but we forget there's the bit of letting go as well of letting go of the things that we may have held on to that were giving us wisdom and advice. You know, it's, it's amazing how many people go to gurus to get information when the biggest guru is God himself. We've just got to learn to tap into the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, our counsellor and our guide. He's come for that purpose, but he's come also to bring the power of heaven into the earth. And how does he do that? Through us. Through us. You see, the, the, in, in the account in the, um, the next part, somewhere here, it happens when you turn all the pages and forget to go where you were. In Acts 2, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. So we're all together here, okay? Well, we're not all together. Some people aren't here, but for those of us that are here. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of... Uh, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And it goes on to all the languages that were heard and all the people that were there that heard the languages. 
And there were some at the end of it that said, they're drunk, just ignore them. And that happens. Don't be surprised when people put you down when you want to step out in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's historical and it happens. But with the coming of the Holy Spirit, what happened was that there was a, a, a visible sign to those that were gathered of a, like a little, a little fire on the top of each person. And what that was, was a picture of the fire of the presence of God, which was in the temple, was broken up and distributed over the new temples, the mobile temples. We are mobile temples of the Holy Spirit. We are mobile temples for God. A temple was a place where they came to meet with the presence and the power of God. And guess what? The presence and the power of God is resident with us. And if, if we don't step out in it, it is not released into the earth. God hasn't got plan B. We are plan A and he doesn't have a plan B. Plan A is each one who has said yes to Jesus receives the Holy Spirit and the power of heaven comes and we go around with the presence of God in us and with us and as we open ourselves up and continue to ask for the power of God to come, we walk as powerful ambassadors for Jesus in the earth. Is this making sense? Good. It's important that it does. If it doesn't, I'll miss the point. When the, when the disciples, after they waited and the power came, there was, a, there was a major move of the Spirit of God through the disciples and a whole lot of people came to Jesus, came to meet with Jesus. And they, they were shaped quickly into who they were meant to be. So what was happening here was that Jesus had called the disciples He'd commissioned them with authority. Now, with authority comes power. So it's really interesting that the church has tripped over itself, I believe, through the, through the ages with talking about second baptisms and whether the Holy Spirit has to come with a second blessing. Um, I think the Holy Spirit comes with multiple blessings over and over and over and over and over again. But we do receive the Holy Spirit when we come and we give our lives to Jesus give them to the Father and Jesus is there, is the one who's rescued us and the Spirit of God comes into us. But we are then a vessel that is moving around in the earth in face of all of the work of the enemy in the earth and our capacity to deal with that is directly related to our being open to saying, come Holy Spirit in this moment and I need the power and the presence to know how to deal with this and what to do. And this is a part of being a people in tune with the Holy Spirit, in tune with, through the Holy Spirit with the Father's heart and Jesus. And at Pentecost is a really good time to re-engage and reconnect and embrace the whole thing of what the Holy Spirit is wanting to give to us as the power of heaven. And so we have this situation where we're called by Jesus to go and make disciples. So to make disciples, we are meant to be a disciple making disciples. So what does a disciple look like? A disciple is one who has learned from Jesus to do the things that Jesus has done the way Jesus does it. 
Now, if you read the beginning of Luke 4, we see where Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit in the Jordan when he went under and came up, the Holy Spirit came on him. And he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the desert to be tested by the enemy. Now, that's not a very good invitation to the first day of being baptized in the Spirit. I would have done it very differently, but that seemed to be God's good idea. Jesus went into the desert and for 40 days was beat up by the enemy. Well, he got hungry and he went without food and then the enemy came when he was in his flesh the weakest and tried to get him to acknowledge that the enemy had authority and he wanted to give it to Jesus. He wanted, him, he wanted Jesus to worship him. Jesus said, no way. You can read all about it in, in um, Luke 4. But then Jesus goes back and in the synagogue the next week or two, I'm not quite sure exactly when, but he, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he stood up when he stood up and he was handed it and he read it. And we read it in Luke 4, what he said, Luke 4 verse 18. Well, let's start at 14. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, after he'd been in the desert, returned to Galilee. Now, he was filled in the power of the Spirit after he'd had the battle. So in the battle, there was an intensity of the Spirit, I believe that the Holy Spirit came to Jesus in greater power and presence to be able to deal with the battle that he was confronting because he'd run out of, he, he was hungry and thirsty but he was able to withstand because the Holy Spirit, I believe, manifested in greater power into and over Jesus in that time because Jesus was, don't forget, man as well as God. He was human and the God dependence he had was via the Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus to do the works of the Father but here we go then Jesus filled with the power of the Spirit returned to Galilee and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country he began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone when he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and was as was his custom and he stood up to read they used to stand up to read and sit down to teach we do it back to front, but anyway, that was the, that was the custom. That is the Jewish custom. Um, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do this stuff. That is what we as disciples of Jesus have as our marching orders. That is the purpose for each one of us, to be little Jesus people running around in the power of the spirit doing the works that Jesus proclaimed here in that text. And one of the things that grabbed my heart when I came across the vineyard was that's a foundation text of the vineyard. We believe that that's what we're called to. But we also believe that we can't do it in our own strength. And that's why one of the other things that we do is when we meet, we say, come Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people get a bit confused about that because the Holy Spirit's already here. What we're asking is for the Holy Spirit to come in a way that is appropriate for the time that we are and the moment that we're in. 
okay, there's a special, you know, God doesn't set and forget. There's a special touch from the Holy Spirit on your life and mine every day, every moment of every day. What will I have for breakfast, Lord? Have that. The Holy Spirit was involved in that decision. When I come to pray for someone, Lord, come Holy Spirit, show me in this moment what part of the kingdom I'm to declare here. Is this a battle that I've got to deal with something in the victory of Jesus or is this just crying out for your love to be shown here, Lord, in this moment for this person to be healed? That it's, it's not anything in the enemy, it's just a, a worn outness that happens with old age and sometimes that's what it is and that's why we pray differently for someone who's older. Got to be careful about that. But, but there's, there's this come Holy Spirit is a part of who we are as a people. If we don't, if, if we stop saying come Holy Spirit, if we stop relying on the Spirit, we might as well shut up shop and go home because that's who we're meant to be. We're meant to be a people that are so in touch with what the Father's heart is by the power of the Spirit that we flow with that. Now, do we do it all the time? No, we don't. And are we good at it all the time? No, we're not. But the grace of God is sufficient for us to continue to stumble along and get it right occasionally and have God smile at us when we get it wrong. We say, come on, David, let's have another go at that. It's the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Is this all hanging together for you guys? This is Pentecost. This is the day when the fire came on the individuals and it was then that they went and became bold and went out. Had they gone out before that, the boldness wouldn't have been there because they didn't have that Holy Spirit confidence that only comes from being touched by the Holy Spirit and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the dunamis, the power, where we see manifest power. When God touches something or someone, there's something happens. That's the power. That's the dunamis of, 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 of the Holy Spirit. The authority has come... And the power connected to the authority has come when we embrace Jesus and we say, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm now not who I was. I'm born again. I belong to the family, your family, Father. And as part of that, our sins are washed away and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, each one. Each one of you that has said yes to Jesus has the Holy Spirit living in you. And you have authority. You have the authority that comes with that. And there's there's power connected to that authority when you when you look at the the meaning of the word the authority isn't just I give you authority it's like I give you authority Jesus said and and with that authority came the confidence and the know-how to get on with the job but there's more than that and and just and big 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 important big important big important don't forget this with that authority we stand in the victory of Jesus against everything that the darkness wants to throw at us and those around us. Because we are in a constant, continual battle. The enemy of God, he wants to stop people coming to a place of knowing Jesus so that there can be an eternal relationship with the Father. The people that you and I know that haven't given their hearts to Jesus are destined to an eternity of total isolation, being in a place of cut-offness until such time as there's, in, the scripture calls it a second death. But for me, 
And for those of us that know Jesus, when this body stops working, I'm going to be having a great time of communion with the Father. It will just intensify. I won't have to ask him what I'm going to have for breakfast. He'll put it in front of me. It's going to be that intimate. And that's open to all of us. It really is. As we step into it and practice it. But it's, it's like all good habits. It's good to keep a good habit. And one of the good habits is each morning saying, thank you, Father, for your goodness to me. Holy Spirit, just come and show me how and where and why and what to do today. Good prayer, start of the day. But it's as coming back to the, the purpose of today. There's, there's this calling by Jesus to the disciples. The commissioning, go. The wait, Holy Spirit, come. And then go in the power of the Spirit. What for? To do what we're commissioned to do. The purpose for each one of us, as we let the love of God touch us, and we sang it, that was a beautiful song this morning, it's not one I knew before, but the the power of, of the love of God that comes and touches us, changes us, that we can love the people around us that are unlovable. Carol can even love me. It works. In my best days, I'm okay. In my worst days, how she can love me, I don't know. But I do know and I thank God that he's a good God and he works in her and on her to be able to let me stay there. It's, it's, I'm joking, but it's also true. There is, a, there is a way of living that can only happen when we have the Holy Spirit with us. If we try to do it without him, it doesn't work so well. So we are called into this new way of living, this way of depending on the Holy Spirit, this way of being purposeful about the mission of God through Jesus, that the people around us would not be left out of what God's heart is for them. You see, just to try and wrap it up, I don't want to go too long this morning. When the Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, John 3.16, That is true. God loves every person that's on the planet, has been, is and will be. But we choose our own way and so we ignore God. Generally speaking, that happens to most people. And then we wake up and realise because someone shows us, someone teaches us or the Holy Spirit leads us through a song or a relationship to a point where we go hang on a minute I'm not having any relationship with this God wonder what's in it and then we come to give our hearts to the father embracing what Jesus has done and then we move into a a new way of relating to the father we then become his children up until then we're his creation we only become his children when we embrace Jesus okay So when people say, oh, we're all children of God, we're all created, but we don't become his children until we're born again by the Spirit. That's a fact. Don't let anyone kid you about that. So there are people that we know who think they're children of God, but they're not. They are God's creation. He loves them, but he wants them to become his children. He wants to adopt them into his family through the love and the touch of the Father through Jesus. Is that clear? So the people that you know that don't know Jesus, they are not children of God. 
God wants them to be his children so that he can bless them, so that he can bring life to them, so that he can release the, the Spirit of God into them and through them to join us and celebrate with us the goodness of God and to go out and tell other people about how good God is. Not in our strength, in the leading and power of the Holy Spirit. So the commissioning is, first and foremost, to go out and tell people how much God loves them. And, and if they want to taste that love and know that love, there's one thing they need to do, and that is step into the relationship with God through Jesus. It's not that hard. So that's the first step. The second step is that once we are in that place, we then are empowered disciples to bring the kingdom into the circumstances of our lives and the lives of people around us. And that's important, that we don't see people needing God or needing a touch from God and walk past it. We say, how's your leg? It's sore. Well, can I pray for it? You know, it's always, it's always good to ask. Sometimes I run past that and just say, oh, let me pray for you, bang, and that's probably not appropriate. But I ask for forgiveness when I step over the line. But it is important that we don't shy away from offering to pray. Because we carry with us the power of God to touch people with healing, to touch people with freedom, deliverance. What did Jesus say? He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's, hey guys, there's a better way. There's a life here with the Father through Jesus. Sent me to proclaim release to the captives. That's to be free from out from under all the things that the world and the enemy wants to hold you captive to. Recovery of sight to the blind, healing and to let people see. Have the oppressed go free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. There's just invite the kingdom to come, which is what we do or we're meant to do. So, in summary, my friends, well, there's a couple more bits. Um, there's two things today. One is to, again, engage with an open heart with God and say, come Holy Spirit, come and bring your power in and on me for what you've got for me to do, to be able to do what you've called me to. That's that. And we'll do that in a minute. But the other thing is that we also, I believe, have the opportunity to choose in our own personal time with the Lord. It's not something you have to announce and proclaim unless you want to. Lord, take me out of Egypt. Let me stop relying on the things that I've relied on, that I've had hold my life captive. I just want to step into the freedom that you have for each one of us. Now, that'll look different for everybody, and it may not look very different at all for some. But there may be something that you want to cut off and let go, and today's a really good day to do it because this is the day that was set apart by the Lord for the people to do that after they were set free when they came out from Egypt. So does all that make sense? Great. That's a really good start. It's always nice when you've shared something that people go, oh, yeah, I think I got it. That's good. Thank you. So I want to invite us to stand and pray in a moment. Why don't, can we stand together and, and we'll pray? Father, I just want to say thank you that you are our Father and our friend. And Lord, forgive us for 
feeling like we have to run our own lives and that if we don't do that, that it's all going to go wrong. Help us to step into the more of what you have for each one of us, Lord. As we let go and let you. And Lord, today as we remember and celebrate that time when you brought the children out and set them free in the desert, and then, Lord, you came in the celebration of that date, and we celebrate it again today. You came with your spirit and your power, and you came upon those who had already said yes to you, and you said, here I am. This is my power to manifest in and through you for my kingdom to come. And so, Lord, this morning, we want to do those two things. We want to ask that you help us to lay down the things that we've held on to that have been a crutch to us in our journey of life, where we've not trusted you, where we've not relied entirely on you, but we've relied upon our own good ideas. Lord, as we choose to lay that down and we step into what might seem like stepping off a cliff into your arms as the total support for our lives and our future. And in doing that, as we do that, we step into your dunamis power, your kingdom power, your Holy Spirit power to take us from here on. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, come and touch each of the children of God in this place that we might feel and know the newness and the freshness of communion with you and a way of going from here today with a joy in our heart that wasn't there before with an expectation of your goodness that we maybe had parked that we would know that we have encountered again here today the living presence of the kingdom of God via the Holy Spirit. So come Holy Spirit. Come and be who you are to each one of us, uniquely touching us, each one, Lord, that we would be fit for purpose. Lord, that you would minister to our minds, to our bodies, to our emotions, that you would release us into all that you want to do for each one of us uniquely. Father, you said each tool was different. Each one of us is unique And you know how to shape and touch each one of us on the anvil of your love that will cause us to become your particular useful tool into the marketplace that you have for us to walk in. I'm not the same as the next person, Lord, and they're not the same as the one beside them. You have a unique touch on each life. And we say, come Holy Spirit, bring that uniqueness that we need to be able to be the unique person of your kingdom that you have in your heart for us to be, Father. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Thank you, Lord, as you touch each heart right now, each mind and each person. But, Lord, as we choose to say yes to you, that your heart would be overjoyed, Lord, that your love would explode afresh into us, that we can then love others, Lord, in your name and for your sake. So we bless you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we're totally relying upon what you want to do here. We're not going to make anything up. It's all yours, your way, 
how you want to do it. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you that on this day we have freedom and we have your presence in power. In Jesus' name.